And this week was the yard site of my Rosh Hashiva, L'Chayr al-Levrocha, Rav Gedal Yashor, L'Oyr Gedal Yohu. He used to explain in a very, very uh, deep way the Pasuk um, that says, the question arises when it talks about the mitzvah Torah Duma. Why does it say Zeis Chukas Torah? It should say Zeis Chukas So he used to explain that every mitzvah in the Torah, every single mitzvah, has in it an ingredient of chuka. In other words, in as much as there are mitzvahs that we do them, and we understand the kiyum of the mitzvahs. It's, uh, it's evident why we need to fulfill the mitzvah of Kibbutz Nonetheless, in every single mitzvah, in every single one of the 613 mitzvahs, there's an element of chukah that possibly we don't understand the ultimate depth of the mitzvah. And that we have to do it because HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded us. That's why we do it. We don't do it because we think it's a good idea. Whenever we do mitzvahs, we do the mitzvahs because HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded us. This brings out a point that really I just wanted to spend a moment on to explain that all the 613 mitzvahs are really intertwined. Those of you that say when you put on your talis or you put on your tefillin, so we say Whenever I do a mitzvah, I daven to Hashem that it should be considered that I fulfilled all the tayyad mitzvahs that are intertwined with this mitzvah that I am right now fulfilling. It's one unit, just like our body. The human body is made up of 248 avorim and 365 gidim, and they're inseparable. Although each one is independent, but nevertheless it's also inseparable. And each one affects the other. I always believe that that's the reason why when it comes, let's say, to Kirvachoikim, and you're trying to encourage someone to do a mitzvah, I don't know if it really makes a difference what mitzvah it's going to be. Because once a person does even one mitzvah, one mitzvah can already end up, I'll use the word, schlepping him into doing all the other mitzvahs. There's a story that I once heard with one of the, I think it was a brother of the Baba Sali, that a, a, I think it was an Israeli couple, a secular couple came to him and they wanted a bracha. He said, listen, if you want a bracha, you have to be macabre, something upon yourself. So somehow they came to the conclusion that they were macabre to wash before bread. Okay. They got on the plane back to Israel and the stewardess brings them a sandwich and they're about to dig in and they look at each other, whoops, we made a Kabbalah, right? We accepted that we're going to wash. 
So they get up and they go through the trouble of going to wash their hands before they eat the bread and the plate. That Friday night they find themselves at home. They're about to eat, they're about to eat Friday night dinner. And when it comes time to dig in, uh, they look at each other again and they say, hey, we accept it upon ourselves that we're going to wash our hands before bread. So then they say, well, we wash our hands before bread. We stupid not to make Kiddush. Okay, well, if we make Kiddush, it would be stupid not to make a Moitzi. But kids, so one thing led to another and they became from a Yidin. I'll tell you one story that I love, love, love telling. There's a story about a, a Bnei Brak girl that she went off the derech very, very badly and she ended up in India and believe it or not, she married an Indian fellow to the horror of her family in Bnei Brak. A few years later, one of the brothers thought that maybe we could die to initiate a visit of uh, her sisters come see the family. So he got in touch with her and she said, yeah, I'd love to see the family. I can't afford the visit. He says, I'll pay for it. So he said, he'll pay for it. He just made one condition with her that she should come to one shear. One shear while she's here. So she said, sure, no problem. One shear. What can happen one shear? And this fellow set up that one of the top speakers of Arachim should give a shear. And he arranged that there would be a lot of people at the shear, etc. And he was tipped off, you know, as to what was going on with his sister. So the day of the shear comes, it's set for 9 o'clock. The speaker calls it 8.30. He's stuck in traffic, but he'll get there. 9 o'clock, 9.30, the guy doesn't show up, calls, and he says, listen, the traffic, is just, it's just not moving. I'm not going to be making it. I'm not going to get there. The brother was totally, totally distraught. He gone through all this effort to bring his sister in from India, and this was the whole game, and it just wasn't working out. In the meanwhile, there was a room full of people waiting for a shear. So he turns to the fellow that was with him, but he says, you know what, there are people here, speak, say something. He said, what should I speak about? He said, I don't know, what are you learning about? He says, what am I learning? I'm learning Eilim Metzius. So he speaks, speak about Eilim Metzius. So he got up, this guy got up, and he spoke about the Mitzvah of Hashem HaSaveda. And when you find a lost object, you have to return it. Okay. So like he left Bnei Brak, she went back to India. She's taking a walk with her husband in the street. And lo and behold, they're walking and they see a wallet. And the husband picks up the wallet and he says, wow, look at this. So she says, what are you going to do with the wallet? He says, what do you mean? I'm keeping it. And it's filled with all kinds of goodies. He said, you're going to keep the wallet? So he says, yes, our God sent us a present. I'm keeping this wallet. This is a gift from God. She said, what? Somebody lost this wallet. It belongs to somebody. The kids said one thing led to another, and that was the beginning of the end. And she came back to Bidei Brak, and she became a Shumayid. So said, that's what I say. From any mitzvah, they're all connected. So that's the concept of Zeus Chukas 
the ingredient of chukah finds itself in Torah, but it's all one Torah. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos. All the very best. Take good care.